Between Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Melvin the Crimson Taurus, and Rose isn't here today because she is on a much-needed break from work. However, we have a very serious talk planned for you guys in very near future, so stay tuned for that. However, right now, I have a very special guest on. One could say she is a very awakened person, partially thanks to psychedelics, which will be one of the topics tonight. With that said, I present to you the third eye mystic herself, Niema. Thank you, Melvin. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm very calm and relaxed. Took a very good nap, so I'm ready. Oh, good. I wish I could say the same. I am nervous as a dog. Well, I mean, come on, it's not every day you speak to someone who's actually, you know, intelligent and wise when it comes to psychedelics and enlightenment, so to speak. I mean, one could say you're a modern-day philosopher. Oh, thank you. That's such a great compliment. Ah, I'm going to have to live up to that. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. It'll be easy to do, especially speaking to me, so no problem. So, let's uh, jump right in it, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right. First up, what is a psychedelic? Psychedelic is a drug that makes you feel amazing. No, um, psychedelics, there's DMT, shrooms, and LSD uh, alters your state of consciousness. Alters. What do you mean by alters? It's different from your normal perspective. So whatever you see right now is changed dramatically. Okay, so... One's average perception opens up to multiple multiple perceptions. Okay, so for instance, um, and this is just an example, possibly an extreme example... But I'm looking at a pin, and it's just a pin, nothing special or fancy. But let's say I do some shrooms or something, and I look at this pin now, and I see not just the pin, but a tool that is used to create and and spread news with, something like that. Yeah, so looking at a pen... um you'd see and you start writing what you're thinking. So in a way, your your pen is helping you manifest your thoughts into this reality. Okay, I like so that. If you look at a flower, you see it for what it is, its being, its existence, and you kind of question why is it why is it a flower? Why what makes it purple? What makes it pink? What makes it smell? And what makes it survive? And why is it so beautiful? Why is life so beautiful? Oh, wow. Questions upon questions. <laughs> you know what? You're... I never really thought about that before. <laughs> well, no. You see, when when I see a flower, well, I, I see it for a few things, but... You know, when I see a flower, I really like them. And, of course, I know they're living things. I do try to take care of them. I'm just horrible at it, unfortunately. 
and you know I, I see it as okay this little dude here is gonna grow up it's gonna be nice big bright pretty smell good and I'm gonna give it to a pretty girl and I'm gonna get a lot of good stuff from that you know so I'm pretty simple-minded unfortunately but hearing mm-hmm. how you explain it it's it's different it's like oh let's let's take a, a deeper look at this so, right yeah <laughs> so that is interesting if you're on shrooms and you look at the flower you see it breathing so you see it as its own being pretty interesting so all right so take us through how you were introduced to psychedelics and how they had an impact on your life. Hmm. Okay. So I was never really big into uh, drugs at all. And recently, within the past few years, I've met uh, my fair share of people that came in and out of my life. And some of them would do one thing and others would do another. Uh but I didn't really have any interest in any of them, so that made me question, okay, well, why don't I have interest in these drugs? They don't look appealing to me. And what could be something that might interest me or be appealing? Um, So through research, I was studying looking up mushrooms and the effects and if you could actually get harmed, uh, hurt from them, You can't necessarily overdose from psychedelic mushrooms. Uh, However, you do have to have the right one. And knowing stuff like that and then seeing how people had such uh, dramatic experiences and um, how it improved their lives, Uh, watching YouTube videos and seeing uh, people's reactions after the fact of experiencing psychedelic mushrooms, I was like, okay, I definitely have to give this drug a try. Like, if this is if I'm going to try anything, this is it. So, yeah, I mean, I just waited around until eventually the opportunity came about, and I took them. Well, hey, you know what they say, when opportunity comes and knocking, open the door. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, so after psychedelics, just I think my life just gradually changed. Um, It wasn't drastic, but like I explained, I started questioning a lot of things and I became more aware of myself in this reality. And uh, so I started questioning, you know, what is this? Why do I do specific things in my life? Um, What do I want to do? What do I define as being true to myself? Uh, What do I actually enjoy? And realizing that I was in control of my reality and the choices that I made. So why am I not doing what I want? Why am I not uh, being my creative self, my confident self, my spiritual self, my sensitive self that I was uh, keeping dormant for the previous years for so long? Okay. Now, for those listening, when, when you say questioning, you don't necessarily mean like, uh, do I want skim milk or do I want low fat? You know, you mean questioning like, okay, I have the action of 
going to work, coming home, go to sleep, wake up, eat, go to work, come home, over and over. And, you know, that's where I'm assuming you would, one of your questions would come up, like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, life is more than going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, et cetera, et cetera. Right, because you're, you're naturally, naturally in um, a programmed routine, routine that you set out for yourself. So you're routine, routinely doing these things that you don't necessarily agree with and you don't necessarily enjoy. You just do them because you're, this is, you think that's what you, you're supposed to do or what you have to do. Okay, and it's funny because that is a routine that it seems to be put into us as when we're so very young. I mean, not to go on too big of a rant, but it starts off with schools, and then, you know, what do they tell you? Like, oh, work real hard at school, get an A+, plus so you can go to a good college, and once you're there, you know, work hard again so you could get a degree, and then go and get a job at some company or something, work real hard there, and you get rewarded with money, and eventually, in about 40 years, you'll rise up the ladder, and you might be able to retire or something like that, you know? And Right. For me, it's just more to life than that. Um, as many of our casual listeners, not casual, but our normal listeners would know, I am very much anti-school. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. So I was somewhat of a rebel, but a nice rebel. And I, at a young age, was questioning, why do I need to do this? What is the point? I don't like this. I like this. I don't want to do this. So were you like that growing up and going to school and stuff? Mm, um, I, I did quite enjoy school. Um, my mom always said though, like, Hey, school's not for everyone. So don't, you know, don't overthink it. Like it's not something that you necessarily have to do. If that's not what you want to do. You had a good mother. I like her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, no, I was actually, I think I was so uh, programmed that, uh, like others, I was just like, Oh, well, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, this is a routine, this is how life goes, you do this, this, and this, and then, you know, you just hope that you land a good job and you can support yourself, and that's the end. <laughs> oh, uh, don't forget to throw in, yeah, you'll find the, well, in my case, you'll find a nice girl to get married, settle down, have some kids. Right. Boy. Yeah, the typical, okay, you get raised, you find, you find a husband, you find a wife, you settle down, and then they do it all over again. <laughs> Well, you already know, but I won't get into too much detail, but geez, I totally messed up that game plan. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Then so far, the psychedelics, they've been pretty positive for you. Yeah. um, Yeah, they've been very positive. Uh, They say, I know some people have experienced bad trips, um, I think that happens when your your mind isn't open enough or it's un- incapable of being open to the things that you might see in a shroom trip. Um, because shrooms will take you through, sometimes they'll take you through past traumas in your life. 
that you need to heal from. Um, it's, it, it reminds me of what they say about uh, the ayahuasca. So it, it shows you what you need to see in order to progress in your life. Okay. So some, you know, it could be, it could be considered a bad trip because you're, you know, you, no one wants to go through past traumas <laughs> and deal with them. But at the same time, it sounds like a form of therapy too, like a natural therapy. It, it is. It's a it's a great therapy. That's why they say it helps with PTSD. It helps with anxiety, depression. Um, I think psychedelics can greatly uh, help heal people. Huh. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm thinking now. Like maybe I do want to. You know, I don't even know how to do it. What, <laughs> uh, do you eat them? Do you smoke them? I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, um, well, I only do shrooms. I, I've tried DMT once. It didn't necessarily work for me. Um, acid, I'm still very intimidated by. So uh, psychedelic mushrooms, you can eat them. Uh, it's got like a real nasty, for me it's nasty, unpleasant, earthy taste to it. Or, or you can make a tea and just um, boil them for a while and make a nice, nice cozy tea. Okay, so I, I would probably do the tea. I, I'm not going to do anything, but if I did, <laughs> it would be the tea. I, I'm just saying, I know okay. me too well. Even though I am interested, you know, I, I just, I would. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the DMT, I actually linked you uh, on the Twitter sphere. I, I mentioned you in something to this little 30-minute documentary style thing in... Mexico, and they were using DMT. Go ahead, go ahead and explain it. I'm trying to get back to it. They were using DMT to help people who, in this little tribe or area, who were addicted to, like, heroin or cocaine or crystal meth or something like that, like, real hardcore, nasty chemical drugs. And... You know, it was interesting that they were using something natural to get them off of it and put them on a weird trip. And it was one guy in particular they showed, and I guess he got done smoking it. And next thing you know, he just screams out, and you see him slowly being brought to the ground. His arms are up and everything. And I don't know what he was seeing, but it's just interesting. And then in... A later portion, they were talking to one of the people who was hooked on some nasty drugs, and he was like, man, DMT got me off of it. It saved my life. You know, it opened me mm-hmm. up. So I had a point to all of this, and it went out the window, <laughs> unfortunately. No, no, I mean, that just goes in agreement with what we're saying. Um, it can definitely help benefit um, people, and it shows you what you need to see to, like, get past things that are holding you back in your experience or might be holding you back. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting that you mentioned that and how it was affecting them as well in Mexico and it's something to So it. they did, yeah, they did DMT and did they, because um, I, I remember you sending me a link, but I'm trying to look for it now. I know I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. Um, how long did the 
did the intoxication last or how long uh, did they experience it? I have no clue. They they didn't say, but I know from research it you supposed to last from like 10 to 15 minutes and if it's any longer, oh boy. <laughs> you're going to be out of this <laughs> world for a minute. So, but mm-hmm. I I'm going to assume somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes. Okay, yeah. That's what, okay, that's my, what I got to. Yeah, so, and it's pretty cool because there are some frogs down there that they extracted from. Yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy, but yeah, they produce a very, very large amount. They extract it from them and do whatever and give it to the locals. Here you go. I mean, it's natural, so why not? Right, yeah, and it doesn't harm the frog, so that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, party on, Garf, as they say. I wonder if the frog is just naturally high all the time. That would be interesting. Oh, my God. Could you imagine a frog, a high frog? Like, oh, wow. That would be so hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I'd be like, I want to come back in my next life and be that toad. <laughs> <laughs> you <wanna> be... <laughs> hey, more power to you. You never know. It could happen. <laughs> I mentioned this at the start here, but like I said, you've become, you're becoming something of a philosopher. And <laughs> on social media, you say some weird and confusing stuff. All right. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Well, no, I didn't say I dislike it. I quite like it, but it is weird and confusing, and I'm going to bring up some samples of some of the stuff you said right now. Yay. Ah, here's one, just randomly. Mechanical bull. <laughs> I, I I don't know what that means. Let's see, what, what's another one? Oh, yes. Splash with the water. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to... <laughs> really understand the splash with the water one that's like i feel like most of my texts are like inside jokes to whoever i'm talking to and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna randomly tweet this because this was on my mind okay (laughs) and let's see what is this one yes here's one they messaged me and said quote stop with the fake moaning i don't think that's my problem i think that's yours (laughs) I feel like that makes a lot of sense, though. (laughs) I mean, it probably makes sense to you. I'm I'm not getting it. I'm just, okay. But but saying that, you've also said some stuff that's, like, really profound, and I really like it, and it resonates with me. And one of those is, I am what I am. I only see the step in front of me. I quite like that. You know, Thank I you. I get that, and one's happiness depends on the knowing of oneself. I like mm-hmm. that. You know. So. Yeah, uh, I was actually reading that, uh, and when I was reading about Plato, um, I think the the main goal in life everyone says is, "Oh, I want to be happy," but what? I think when we all first start out, we just get this picture of what happiness is supposed to look like. And that's the job, the wife, the kids, the typical outline of what happiness is supposed to be. But then you 
kind of mature and you become aware and you're like, okay, well, what is happiness and what does it mean to me? What is, if I know myself, then I know what I expect happiness to be for myself. And that could be different. Yeah. Okay. So what is happiness for you specifically then? Oh, good question. Uh, I feel like I'm still in the process of figuring that out just because I'm barely becoming aware of myself and actually what I enjoy as a human being and what uh, I want to experience in my life experience. Uh, I'm still like coming to terms with all of that. So, <laughs> so I can't, uh, I would say I'm fairly uh, happy right now because I'm on my path. I'm on the direction of, um, finding myself and knowing myself and knowing what I enjoy in life. Okay. So back to your Twitter. Um, I want to know, do you intentionally say what you say to get people thinking and questioning or are you just getting your troll on for reactions? Oh, geez. Um, I hope not. I hope I'm not a troll. If I have troll tendencies, then um, that would help me relate to all the trolls that troll me. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, most of the stuff I just blurt out because I feel like sometimes I want to uh, challenge people's thinking and I want to challenge um, what they, you know, what they consider life, what they consider themselves, what they're doing. And a lot of it I do for humor and uh, I just try and remember never to take life too seriously and just have fun with it, be crazy, have fun, question things, be humorous, explore. <laughs> That's about it. The way you said explore, you sounded almost almost like a, a, a fairy. Just explore, my little children, explore. You know. <laughs> Yeah. It sounded yeah. very magical. <laughs> I mean, all you need now are some sparkles and rainbows coming from somewhere. Right, and some glitter and, you know, it's going to happen. That's all. Well, you know what? Get on some of those psychedelics and it's going to happen. You'll see them. <laughs> this is true. Who are some people who have inspired you? Inspired me. Hmm. Um. Well, I would say... I mean, I, it's, it's kind of hard for me because I don't necessarily look up to people. Um, I wish I did. Uh, I kind of go off just like, oh, like, you know, uh, like books I read, I find, or like, I guess someone that would, I would say that has inspired me is Dolores Cannon. Okay. Um. She's a hypnotherapist. She's been, she died a few years back, but she's been in the practice for 30 plus years. Uh, and she does past life regression. So I guess, um, I guess she's inspired me a lot, but she's not really, I wouldn't consider her a philosopher. <laughs> okay. Well, I do know of her. She's done quite a bit of regression therapy, which is something I think more people should look into, especially people who feel that they have connections with aliens. Mm -hmm. But saying that, 
you know, just be prepared because chances are things are going to pop up that you weren't supposed to remember. I mean, it's blocked for a reason. Right. So, um, hmm. now let's see, for me, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I told you this, but I, I like Terrence McKenna. Mm-hmm. He's totally opened my eyes to a few things. Well, he's passed away, of course, but his, um, his research and his writings have opened my eyes to a few things and looking at some of his old speeches and talks, it's just like when the guy talks, you listen. That simple. Mm-hmm. And another one would be Graham Hancock and mm-hmm. brought me to him was the Orion correlation. And okay. It opened my eyes with a, con- a possible connection with the uh, pyramids of Giza along with the constellation of Orion, prefer, um, specifically Orion's Belt. Yeah, I've listened to a few of his talks um, through Joe Rogan. Okay, so I have a theory behind that. Somehow psychedelics, or DMT in specific, is able to give you some type of psychic ability that allows you to not necessarily see into the future, but see a, a higher dimensional plane or a parallel dimension, something. And I say this because when a person passes away or, or about to pass away or have a near-death experience, DMT is released from the, um, what is it called, the pot. Is it pineal or pine? pine pineal gland? Yes. It's released from the pineal gland in large quantums. And everyone who has had a near-death experience, and they, of course, they came back as hence near-death experience, they've always said the same thing. It was a tunnel. It was light. I followed it. I saw people and heard voices and this and that, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's actually some type of transition through a tunnel to a different dimension. And we get a glimpse of that. But at the same time, the only people who really speak about near-death experiences that I've come across are people who are from Western culture and a large influence of Western culture tends to be Christianity, you know, like, hmm. and a lot of times people say they saw Jesus or they saw St. Peter and angels and all that stuff. And I'm wondering if the Christianity belief had an influence in this. So I, I kind of want to find someone from the Eastern world, like who's freaking Hindu or something and who had a near-death experience and see what they saw. Was there a tunnel of light? Did you see Jesus? Or was Venetia or Shiva there? You know, what did you see? Mm-hmm. And, and compare them. And I think that would give us an idea of what's what. Um, what, what do you think? Oh, um, well, I think whatever one sees, is relative to what they believe in. So, like, that's a good question. So an Eastern Hindu person 
um, might see something totally different compared to a Western person. And I think it's based on what you truly believe for yourself. So if you don't believe in Satan or if you don't believe in Jesus, then I don't think you're going to see those things when you pass. Well, let's say they do exist and you didn't believe them. <laughs> oh, boy, man. What? You got some explaining to do. <laughs> it is all love and light. That I don't, I don't know. I don't believe in hell. I don't think anyone's gonna actually burn. No, I, uh, I tend to be under the belief that we create our own afterlife, and we can invite right. you to visit from time to time if you want. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, but that's just me, and I don't want to get on a rant about religion because it would be a very long rant, and that's not what this is about. No, it is not. With that said, I am going to leave off this part of our talk with a little quote here from you. And here it is. Just when you thought you were comfortable, you realize your socks are wet. <laughs> I, I could just read these all day. <laughs> you know, that's... That's exactly what happened on a shroom trip recently. Really? Because I was, yeah, I was on shrooms and um, I walked outside with my friends because uh, you want to be outside. Like you want to see nature. You want to see everything. So um, we walk outside and I'm wearing my comfy socks and got a big blanket over me. And I pull one of the plastic chairs like all the way out into the grass, into the backyard so I can view the sky and look at the trees. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, I'm so, I'm so in my head. Like I, I really lose track of my body. Like all feeling in my body is gone and so uh, head heavy. That, you know, I don't even realize, you know, the grass is soaking wet and my feet are freezing. <laughs> But I'm, like, completely comfortable. I'm so comfortable outside. And then I don't realize it until I get inside. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm, and, I, and I'm just, like, I'm chilling because I really can't feel it. And then one of my friends is like, oh, you should go sit by the fireplace. Like, you, your socks are really wet. Like, they're soaking wet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, I thought I was comfortable. Like, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> now I can feel it. I can actually feel when they're wet. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's kind of a mind over matter type of thing going on, too. Yeah. But that's funny. Way to go, friend. <laughs> I know, she's just trying to keep me warm and, you know, take care of me, but... I don't know who you are, lady, but you messed it up. Curse <laughs> We were calling her the Time Master for the whole night because... We we lost, like, there's no time. You just realize you have an Einstein moment. You're like, time does not exist. <laughs> you know, I'm, time actually, is I'm really happy you brought this up because I was going to ask you, describe what it was like when you go on a trip. Like, what do you see? What do you hear? Experience, etc. So, boy, I'm, I'm also happy I uh, mentioned the little socks comment there. <laughs> 
people on TV, like that 70s show, for instance. Do you remember that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they would get high and sometimes they would do shrooms and stuff like that. And they would just get just real weird. And from their perspective, things just slowed down. Everything was kind of out of whack and stretchy and wavy. Is it actually like what they're portraying? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And to some regards, um, time slows down drastically um, or just doesn't exist at all. Like, you could look at your clock and the time wouldn't move. Like, it just doesn't move. doesn't exist. Uh, you could have, like, 20 conversations and you check your watch and it's only been two minutes. So, you know, stuff looks like it's melting. If you, if you uh, look really into it, it could be melting. There's patterns. Uh, if you're inside a room, it could seem like it's caving in. Um, yeah, everything doesn't look, it, lose, it loses its uh, solid form, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't seem so solid anymore. It just seems um, energetic and I don't want to say energetic because energy, everything is energy, but uh, it just loses the look of solid. Almost <clears throat> like you can see its origin, I suppose. Right. Its like it's, Yeah, you see, uh, yeah, and who says that? Um, Aldo Tuxley, um expresses it a lot more better, I'm sure, if you read um, his mescaline experience from Peyote in uh, the Doors of Perception. Uh, it's a really good book. I haven't quite finished yet, but he describes it a little bit better. But everything around you just seems like holographic. Like there's nothing that's really solid, but it is solid, but it's not. Oh, wow. This sounds like everything decides to turn into a ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhat, yeah. Have you ever had sexual intercourse while on 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 a trip? And if so, how did that work out for you? Okay, um, to, the answer to that is yes. Uh, it didn't really work out. Oh. Um, right, because well, like okay, so say me and my my mate, my partner. Uh, we both did shrooms, and we both did a crazy amount. So basically, he says um, it's really close to acid. The experience that we had was really, like, extreme dose of shrooms. So um, in the beginning, he was purging, uh, uh, which is common. So if you do shrooms and you purge, and, which means you throw up, uh, that's perfectly natural. I see it as a spiritual thing, like you had a lot. Um, and you that you needed to get out um, uh, in order to experience this experience and go through the things that you need to go through. So he was purging, so he was still filling his physical body. Um, and before the shrooms hit you, you might get like a few, uh, your stomach might feel weird, you might feel a little bit nauseated, but uh, that should go away. And for me, it goes away drastically because I go straight up into my brain and I lose all feeling of my body. 
And for him, I think he was in and out of the physical, and he he was still um, in pain, but not in still really physical in the in himself. I don't know how how that's sounding, but so um, of course you can't you can't have intercourse like <laughs> while you're at peak or something. That's just I, I feel like that would be really impossible. Uh, so towards the end. Yeah, but it was, it just didn't work because I couldn't, uh, it was just too head heavy. Like, I really couldn't feel my body, so it just wasn't there, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, the connection, you know, there's there's definitely a connection and uh, energy-wise, if you, sh- if you shroom with someone else, mm-hmm. um, you, ca- you kind of can do the experience together and even... Uh, go down the same path because you see the parallel universes you see like multiple paths that you can take in this lifetime and you can just ride the wave with you know that person but um, intercourse is is definitely something that's totally different and sometimes I don't think that it'll just um, benefit an issue trip because it's not it's not physical it's not sensual it's this a spiritual thing. Okay. Well, now I have two follow-up questions. One, okay. could you date someone who does not do shrooms or anything like that? Two, are you prepared now for guys to say, hey, babe, you want to go shrooming with me? Oh, yeah. I think I get that all the time now. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to answer the second one later, like first, because um, that's most familiar. Like, I get that all the time, like, because um, I, I mean, I naturally talk about it because I, this is what, you know, this is what I'm into, like, I'm a writer, I do this, I write that, so I think that's, like, their go-to now is, like, oh, well, yeah, we should totally shroom together, and it's, like, no, I don't want to necessarily shroom with people I barely know. <laughs> it's a very intense experience, I don't just share that, like, side of me with everyone, so... <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then what was the other one? You uh, said? Could you date someone who does not do any type of um, shrooming or LSD, DMT, whatever, acid? No, I. I mean, I think it's all dependent on a level of awareness and consciousness. Like, I think people, there's people out there who are so conscious and aware of themselves that they don't need. You know, they don't need psychedelics. Yeah. There's, you could, you could get to that point through meditation. You could get to that point through so many other outlets that don't require a substance. So, no. Okay. I mean, I would. I don't mind. <laughs> All right. That and an open mind, I would say. Right. Correct. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's an open mind and self-awareness. Yeah. Consciousness. So, because you're fairly open and very intuitive, and you'd be tough to keep up with. With some, if someone's closed-minded, yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. All right. So, Niama, there are certain psychedelics that stick out more than other. Uh, two of them, in specific, uh, we already spoke about one of them, which is DMT. And the other one is, or at least for me, I would say, 
is, and you guys ready for this? Here comes another butchering of a name. Oh boy. Amanita Muscaria. Mm, mm-hmm. Did I say that right? I know I sound very slow. Amanita. Yeah. <laughs> you said it right. Um, Amanita Muscaria. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, and that is a very, very ancient shroom. Uh, have you ever tried any of those? No, no, no. I don't know. I feel like this one is a little bit more intimidating than the usual um, psychedelic mushroom. Yeah, it's, well, it's ancient. I mean, they said that they have evidence of its use dating back almost 6,000 years. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) you're going to like this. Lewis Carroll, you know who he is, right? Lewis Carroll, no. Uh, he is the author of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. All right, so... And I love Alice, so... There we go. So, well, Alice had an encounter with uh, Amanita in the gateway between solid and lucid realities. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was right there in plain sight, and some of it could actually be considered the drink me and eat me. Some people say that was a form of Amanita. And here's the other thing, too. When Alice was going through Wonderland, what if she was just high off of Amanita Muscara, Muscaria? Mm-hmm. And right. she was just tripping some major balls. Excuse my French. <laughs> I mean, let's think about that, because uh, when she saw that caterpillar, he was on, um, right, you know, he was smoking some stuff. No, that caterpillar is a genius. (laughs) Caterpillar's a genius. Why is he a genius? He, he's a philosopher himself. He, like, asked, Alice is like, um, his, uh, they were asking if she was Alice. Analysis is like, well, yeah, I guess so, like, I think. And the caterpillar is like, well, you ought to know who you are, silly girl. You know, that actually brings me to this point. Why is it that philosophers and psychedelics seem to go hand in hand together? Right. Because you're questioning the question. You're going to make my head hurt. Uh what is questioning <laughs> the questions? Oh, like in a humorous way, you like, you know, someone asks you a question and then you question them with a question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea. You got some of those shrooms, didn't you? Oh, no. Nah, I'm, I'm just joshing you. But I like also- to space my experiences out. <laughs> And in all seriousness, though, there are many philosophers that get on psychedelics, and I am assuming it is because they're able to reach some type of path of enlightenment, and their mind is just, like we said in the beginning, it just opens up and it excludes the robotic mess that we've been taught. Correct. You know, so 
it, it's something to it. I don't know. I I I almost want to try this stuff just to see. Mhm. And you're you're one of the people that's like, you know, like go ahead and try it, but I'm assuming be safe about it, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, be safe about it, but I you know, I think Amanita muscaria is a, is a little bit more difficult um difficult experience than uh the normal psilocybin cubanist or however you say it. The regular magic mushroom. Okay, so what is regular? Uh, let me see if I, I wrote the name down, and I don't know if I can say it right. Oh, I'm not alone. Welcome to the club. Right. So psilocybe uh, cubensis or simolin sieta or something. Let me see if I wrote it down somewhere else. But this is just the regular um, brown cap, and it hasn't um been known to no one's overdosed on it no one dies um but the amanita muscaria is toxic and from what i read it could kill your pets if they get a hold of it you know i'm Uh, i'm happy you said that about pets um we're going to get back into the regular ones in one second but there are Animals, yes, not just humans. Psychedelics are not just exclusive to humans, but there are animals that actually eat psychedelics. They're known to consume them. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. have, I have a little list here. Um, one of them are wallabies. They enjoy poppies. So, good eye, mm-hmm. Mike. Um, <laughs> dolphins... Well, these guys are kind of stupid, considering these things can be fairly poisonous, but dolphins eat pufferfish. Oh, my God. Yes, dolphins eat pufferfish. And horses, they like loco weed. <laughs> That's funny. However, this is a good one, because it's going to make you actually sit down and think about stuff. Reindeer, can you guess what they eat? Yes, they they eat the Amanita muscaria, right? Yep. They like seek it out. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> they eat Amanita muscaria, and you know if they're high as a kite in a on a trip and stuff, are they jumping around and seeing things? I mean, it it gives a new meaning to flying reindeer. Right. And, yeah. They're and, probably in the time of their lives. And to take it one step further. What are the colors of Amanita Amanita Muscaria? Red and white. What colors does Santa wear? Red and white. (laughs) And he uses flying reindeer, am I correct? Yes. And he has little, (laughs) yeah, and he has little helpers who are what? Elves. Like I said, it makes you wonder. Yeah. I'm not saying whoever came up with uh, the flying reindeer and all that was doing some shrooms, but they were doing some shrooms. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I wish I could take credit for that, but um, uh, Erica from Tarot Wisdom, she's the one who actually first brought that to my attention. (laughs) Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah, so I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) 
All right, so now uh, back to the regular shrooms. Yes, what 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 were the regular shrooms again? Okay, um, psilocybin cyst. I think there's a few different names for it. Let me double check that. I mean, basically, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, yeah, because I think the Amanita muscaria has a different component to it. Yeah. Ibotonic acid and muscimol, mus, muscimol, I think that's how you say it, are the ingredients in that one, which is totally distinct from psilocybin. Yeah, so I was reading when you do the Amida muscaria, um, they're more prone to eat the mushrooms after boiling the hell out of the uh, mushrooms and getting those uh, two components out. So... Um, I feel like you wouldn't, you'd have to uh, drink the brew, um, the boiling water or whatever, in order to have the experience. And then what I was reading said that the Siberians um, drank the brew to get drunk. Oh. And then they just eat the mushrooms later. So. Yeah, I wonder what would the experience be like? Are the experiences between different shrooms actually different themselves? Like maybe one will be stronger than the other? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like they have different experiences. And then uh, I remember be- before um, I really looked into it, I read in one of my drug books that, um, what was it, the Vikings used to eat them before they went into war. Um, to the, like the non the more aggressive nature and uh, they lack empathy. So I I can see that. I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this if this uh, type of mushroom kind of has like a dark a dark pool to it, or maybe you could just channel that type of energy once you go into it. Well, what if? And this is just me just popping up from a writer's perspective and creativity what if the vikings when they took it their enemies became something of beast and it's a either you kill that or it kills you and they're more aggressive because their perception of a normal man has been altered so greatly and that, right. And yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and that's why they're attacking so fiercely because I know that some people when 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 they get high off of different things a dog for instance will take on a different look altogether. So mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if that could possibly be one of the cases there. Right, like they're they're fighting and they're like, well, that doesn't even look human, you know? Yeah. So, you know, kill it with fire before it kills you. Right. <laughs> now, has that happened to you? Not have you experienced like a chair morphing, a chair, I'm using an example there, but a chair morphing into something completely different? No, um... I think the trick is because you can see faces and smoke. I think the only things that I've seen is probably 
uh, faces and smoke and, like, um, the energy in the room. Like, if it's dark, you can see energy and you can see a lot of faces. And some of them might be negative and some of them might be happy. And it just depends. So, um, but you can easily uh, divert your attention. So, it's all mental. Like, you just have to look away or do something else. Here's one for you. I've heard that there are some aliens that use a type of, I guess, universal psychedelic. I don't know how true that is, but I reckon everyone or every li every living thing has its vice, you know. And, well, first, are you a believer in aliens? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And... <laughs> I already knew the answer to that. I asked just so the people listening could know. Uh, one of your guides is uh, an alien, right? Yeah. Um, he's from Pleiades. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, have you ever communicate? Like, how do you communicate? Um, so, usually... It first started because I was being drawn to um, the Pleiadian workbook uh, is a book and it talks about light workers and uh, such and such. So I was automatically drawn to that book. Um, and then one time I really didn't have, I mean, I was it's not like I didn't believe in aliens, but I was just like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I would meditate. So I was meditating for a very, very long time after reading a lot of material online. Uh, so I just sat down and I meditated, meditated, meditated. And the next thing I know, I had um, this being uh, sitting in front of me and um, uh, very, like, uh, appealing um, long white hair, um, very cut features, um, piercing eyes. So... Um, you know, and I, I had no idea who he was. Um, I didn't know what was happening. So um, I just found out recently through a reading that uh, that's my guide. And his name is Aromos. And he's here to assist me in my experience. Oh, awesome. Shout out yeah. to Aromos. Oh, wow. I could get his name, but not yours, really? Um, now, have you <laughs> ever... Have you ever tried to communicate with him on a trip? Because um, some people, they claim that when they use psychedelics, they're so open that they're able to channel spirits and speak to different beings and stuff like that. Has that happened to you? No, I haven't tried that before. Um, I feel like I get too distracted when I'm on shrimp. And, uh, yeah, I'm too, con I'm too distracted. Uh, I usually try and talk to him um, when I meditate or when I'm dreaming. I have a, a better time. Or if he needs me uh, to pay attention to something, he will just uh, be present and I'll be led to certain things. That's awesome that you are connecting with your spirit guide, though, or one of them. I always hear we have multiples, uh, multiple spirit guides. Yeah, I think one of them, uh, another one is my grandmother, but she's hard to connect to. I don't know why. I'm somewhat happy you brought that up because I wanted to know, 
you're good at reading people, or at least you're decent at re- decent. You're good at reading me, and <laughs> I believe the people who are capable of doing that have some type of latent psychic ability. And mm-hmm. we spoke about how, like, I, I was telling you how when you go to sleep, it's weird because you're like in between awake and asleep, and sometimes you're able to hear voices. Right. And, and these aren't the voices that tell you the burn things, people. The, the, don't worry. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> so, but um, you hear voices and have, and you, however, it went a step further because you were actually able to see people, kind of, right? Right, like, um, okay, so I'll just give an example, like, uh, last night I had a real interesting experience, uh, my roommate was sleeping in my room, uh, we have our family over for the weekend, so, um, with her, I, I've seen stuff before, um, I feel like she has possibly something that's, like, attached to her or whatever, so when I'm with her, I kind of tend to have more experiences than, than regular. Uh, last night, I had both experiences in which I experienced, um, I don't know the specific words, but I had auditory come through. And then uh, when I awoke, was I awake? I, I see that's the thing. I feel like I'm in between states. And I felt the auditory, and then I saw um, the energy floating around in my room, and, uh, you know, you can make out faces, but it's moving so fast, Um, and then when I was feeling that, when I was hearing her auditory, uh, I have to get over my fear complex, because I'm so, I get really scared, and that prohibits me from actually listening to what they have to say, so my body got real heavy. Uh, I got really hot. And uh, I just heard her say something like, um, need me, like, uh, you need me or something like that. And, um, yeah, so I just awoke. And then I look around the room and, I like, the energy is just so clear and it's really bright in my room and there's energy everywhere. Has this occurred before psychedelics or post psychedelics um i think post and and after i used to have these types of experiences i've had sleep paralysis quite a few times when i was younger uh seen things in my hallways uh, i think i've always like heard uh certain things um but yeah uh naturally I think I just told myself oh you know it's not real like it's not real it's not real it's not real and pretty soon you tell yourself that enough and it goes away for quite a while so it's almost like you block it you say it enough and you're gonna believe it and you know you put that that block on right you know do you think it's possible that using psychedelics is somewhat granting you a perception that was once clouded and hidden? Um, in ways, 
I think more dependent on it's not necessarily the drug it's what the drug does for you like uh, because the healing that the magic mushroom provides gets you to where you need to be in order to see the things in order to be in connection with that realm here's one for you why do you think the government has made these things illegal well hmm. I think it's on the basis of uh, God I feel like there's so many factors into it that it's difficult to say it's just one thing um, I feel like it's definitely like a power structure um, I feel like if people actually knew who they were and were more self-aware um, then they couldn't uh, control. They couldn't have power. They couldn't have uh, the control that they have. So, and if everyone loved each other and everyone knew them, knew, um, had their self-awareness and the self-awareness being that everyone is the same and everyone is connected, um, we're just all different. We have different experiences, but ultimately um, we're one being, then, uh, then there wouldn't be war, then there wouldn't be all these crazy things going on and then you lose control and then you lose power. So it's just like the factors that go into it. That's pretty much what I believe. Um, I think the government, they're afraid that people become awakened and enlightened and it's like, oh, wow, we were so closed off and clouded. And when that happens, you know, the system starts to break that they put in place. You know, you lose control you lose control you lose power you know and it's all about having that power and control over people when it comes to they just mm -hmm. like keeping you in a modern slave mentality it's just we're all slaves yeah. well i won't say we're all slaves but we're slaves and we just don't know it mm-hmm mm-hmm um let me see if I can find it real quick. I have like a short thing on that. Oh, okay. So, so it's um, it's called War Peace, and it says uh, a higher status than another, what we deserve and what is right, quotation marks. Uh, what is below does not relate to what is above. It's not a fight for peace, but a fight for power. This is war, yet we seem love. So, yeah, I guess that kind of, that reminds me of that. Who uh, who said that? That's mine. That's you? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, a higher status than another. So it's uh, what we deserve and what is right. Yeah. Like, I, was, I, was rem I remember working on a piece not too long ago, sketching it out. But um, it's the idea of a greater, a greater evil or a lesser evil, mm, that really gets me. Oh, no. I'm coming up with something right now. I got my notes together. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, don't worry. As long as the dog didn't eat them, you're good. <laughs> and that plays into part. Um, I was just reading earlier today how uh, some of the philosophers were saying, oh, well, when you learn, uh, when you do something bad, uh, it should be treated as ignorance, not 
so you shouldn't be punished. You should be educated. There. Okay. Well, you just said it. It's ignorance and not malice. Right. So let, let's get into I don't know that. how that played into that. I'm sorry. I feel like I kind of just twelled off onto something else. Uh, it's it's totally fine. <laughs> Believe me. Because... It's true, that's what you do all the time. Now I know. Yeah. So it's it's totally fine. <laughs> you understand me now. <laughs> but let, let's go over some philosophical stuff here and, and some deep thinking. He just said that sometimes people should be, if they do something bad, treat them as if they're ignorant, not necessarily that they are doing something with malice behind their actions. And I always had the belief that there's no such thing as a bad person. As, as silly as that sounds... It's it's a belief I've always had. There's a reaction for every action. And right. a murderer, for instance, yeah, they killed someone. Okay, what was their reasoning for killing said person? You know, unfortunately, we as a society, we don't ever ask why. We just condemn right away instead of getting into the meat of the situation. What what? How do you feel about that um, I feel like right like so there's a reaction to every action um, I feel like the reaction isn't always physical I mean I know with from personal experience when I've done something wrong I think um, there's a lot of factors that go into play afterwards of doing something wrong you have the guilt you have the embarrassment and you have the the aspect of um, torturing yourself, and uh, like you're kind of punishing yourself for um, doing what you did. So, like with with people who make mistakes and um, do stuff, uh, I think people don't take in, into consideration. Um, the actual experience that that person is having, so how they're experiencing um, going through doing what they did. Uh, they only see it as face value, or they only see it from their perspective. Exactly. That's the thing, too. It's so many different perspectives in the world. I mean, as nice as it would be for everything to be black and white, there there's not only a gray area, it's red, blue, yellow, purple and mm -hmm. people forget that which is why I uh, I said to you and uh, in a cut part that no one else is going to hear sorry guys that I tried <laughs> I tried to put myself in the other person's shoes to somewhat mm -hmm. try and understand them right you know but saying that is that really a good thing is it possible to actually walk in someone else's shoes i mean see and that's the cool thing i think about um it's a little bit different but i feel like past life regression is like um if you think about it not in the spiritual sense but more like even in a scientific sense if you go into trance and you are able to experience what they say must 
might have been a past life of yours, but it could also be uh, just an experience that you need to experience in that trans uh, meditation in order to get through what you're going to get through, in order to understand something that you need to understand about yourself. So... Yeah, I hear you flipping papers. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for something, because something you just said uh, was like what I was writing down from a philosopher. You were saying that in order to, like, truly understand um, if that was a good thing or not, right? Yeah. The only way of thinking is expanding through uh, psychedelics. Challenge the average line of thinking. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, I have it written down. A singular way of thinking is expanded through relatability, in which perception and understanding you're able to grow. So if you're thinking one way and you're able to relate to someone through a similar experience or even a a similar emotion, um, then your perception grows and your understanding grows and you're more receptive and accepting. That's a good way of putting that. That makes sense. (laughs) What is an experience that you had that Mm -hmm. you feel that people can relate to? No, I mean, I mean, I I feel like there's just so many. There's just so many. I I wouldn't even know where to start. All right, let's try. What was the first thing that popped in your head? Usually it's always one thing that pops in your head first. We'll go with that one. No, <laughs> no, I don't know. I want to say I feel like a lot of people um, feel lost. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, like I was talking about before, um, have made mistakes and um, they kind of do the blame game of themselves. So I would hope that a lot of people can relate to me in that way. And seeing that, um, that, you know, just because, like, that dark period. Like, there's there's things that you do in life, and then uh, you really don't know how to recover from it, and you really don't know how to move past it. And I think that's relatable to a lot of people. Oh, yes, I, th- I would say it is. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny, but it, yeah. it really is. Being that you are a modern-day philosopher, in my eyes, what is a message that you'd like people to receive from you? Hmm. Um... would just hope that uh, people would ultimately seek out um, who they are and be comfortable in that knowing of themselves um, and just express themselves and uh, ultimately do whatever they want that makes them happy and define who they are pretty much it. Now, define who they are. So that brings me to this. 
Who are you? Hmm, good question. I don't know who I am. <laughs> I'm everyone. I'm just kidding. Um, well, like I said, like I say to myself, I mean, I created a Third Eye Mystic uh, to express uh, my ideal self. And that comes out very profound, um, poetic, and uh, painting. I paint whatever I want, and I write how I feel, and I write how I think. And sometimes I like to have fun with it. Sometimes I like to be crazy, and sometimes I like to blurt out things. And, um, you know, I just like to have fun in this reality. At the same time, uh, challenging my knowledge and questioning everything and figuring stuff out on my own terms. Why do you use psychedelics? Uh, why do I use psychedelics? I feel like psychedelics was the beginning of this. I feel like before psychedelics, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have uh, the belief in myself and the knowing of myself in order to uh, act in a way I do now to say, oh, okay, um, I enjoy writing, I enjoy painting, so therefore I can do it. I can make my own website, I can write my own writings, I can paint my own paintings and have the confidence to express it with other people. Um, so psychedelics gave me that, that opening. And um, I feel like if people are having a hard time identifying themselves or um, you know, they seem lost. They seem like they don't know what's going on. They're depressed. They can't get over certain things. Um, then they should definitely give psychedelics a chance because it could really uh, change your life for the better and it could really help you figure stuff out. Now, I do want to make something clear. If you're going to use any type of drug, don't abuse it. You know, don't use it just to get high to get high. I think, unfortunately, that's what many people do nowadays when the original intent was to find enlightenment and learn about yourself or the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you guys are going to do that, you know, I, I probably should have put a disclaimer, unexplained possibilities, don't endorse this, but that would be a lie. Because I encourage people to try new things and 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 step out step out of their boundaries, which is ironic coming from me. <laughs> but you know, don't abuse it, but enlighten yourself with it. Use it as a learning experience, not something to give you a good feeling for a few minutes. Right. I feel like. Um... Yeah, and I want to say that, that that's true. Um, I feel like a lot of people think they need things to feel a certain way. And uh, like prescription drugs, like any type of drug, you feel like you need that in order to be okay in this reality. Um, and that's just simply not true. You don't need it. You're... Your mind is um, your mind is so beautiful and amazing, and 
so awesome <laughs> that you really don't need you don't need a pill to make you happier you need all you need is uh to know yourself to love yourself to know yourself and to figure out um who you are accept yourself forgive yourself love yourself i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to put it but yeah i feel like a lot of people get trapped and that's why they keep going back to these things because they want they want to feel that feeling over and over and over again, but you're in control of yourself, and you're in con- you're in control of your happiness. And no no pill is gonna is gonna uh, change that for you. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, and that can be put to a lot of things in life. You know, not just uh, taking any type of pills or shrooms or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. it can go towards eating. You know, <laughs> there are people yeah. who find comfort in eating and so they just do it to do it because it's comfortable. It's like, no, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now this is a biggie and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this or not, but where do you think you'd be at without psychedelics um without psychedelics i feel like i would be in a very depressive state um i feel like i'd still be in a lot of uh compulsive repetitive behaviors um yeah pretty much and you know what on your site you actually mentioned that uh you were caught in in some behaviors that you kept doing over and over and you know it was just like a cycle and you were able to break free of that um can you share with us some of the things you're just stuck in or no um i can't i can't explain it as uh you know um it's kind of like walking into a world and you're subconsciously doing things that you don't realize you're doing so uh, and then you recognize them. Oh, this is a repetitive. I seem to be attracted to the same person, or I seem to be uh, going back to the same type of job. Why am I doing this? Um, you know, red- repetitive uh, behavior. Um, you're trying to make uh, something bad uh, turn into something good because you've never had a positive experience that aspect or what had happened in the past. If that makes sense. It does, and it almost sounded like you were getting ready to describe the definition of insanity. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So basically, I was insane before. I mean. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you could tweet that out. I was. <laughs> But that is one way to look at it. If if you are repeating the same things over and over and actually expecting something different. And mm-hmm. so the psychedelic made you sane in an insane world. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> right. Right. I suppose. I mean, now I look insane. Yeah. 
to that insane world. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if we could uh, straighten this out. All right, so the world that we know, with our eyes closed, it is sane doing our own repetitive motions over and over again. However, with the tools that you were given, you're able to open your eyes and you saw that doing the same thing over and over, it was no benefit to it. You weren't getting anywhere. You were just repeating steps, even though deep down you knew this, but on the surface, you're just continuing with those steps. And now mm -hmm. that you're able to see that, you stepped outside of the circle. And mm -hmm. outside of the circle, it's considered where the crazies are because they're doing things their own way. They're not following the system. You know, you're looked at like you're crazy. But really, right. the crazy ones are inside the circle doing the same thing over and over, expecting something different to happen. Correct. So, yeah, there we go. So, yes, you are sane in an insane world. It has been explained. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on and yapping with us and being silly and serious and, and giving us, well, educating us on philosophy and dropping some of your own little philosophical bombs on us. Really appreciate it. Yes, thank you for having me on. All right, so we can know, where can we find you on social media? Uh, www.thirdeyemystic.com is my website. On the Enter website, there are links to all my social media uh, located on there. Awesome. And also, don't forget to like and follow Unexplained Possibilities on Facebook and Twitter. And all those links can be found in the description below. So... With that said, guys, there are things that go bump in the night. And no, it's not you tripping balls. Bye, everybody. Bye.